You're listening to the My Victory Podcast. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to My Victory Church, one church in five physical locations. So let's welcome everyone that is joining us today in Tabor with Pastor Renee and Jill. Welcome to all of you guys. Welcome to everyone that's joining us in Claris Home with Pastor Brian and Heidi. Welcome to you guys. Welcome everyone that's joining us in Okotoks with Pastor Joel and Tanisha. If Tanisha's there, there's a baby coming sometime soon. So we're, anyway, we're excited. We're growing the church. It's great. Uh, welcome to everyone that's joining us in Lloydminster with Pastor Mike and Carol. Welcome to you guys. And welcome everyone in Lethbridge with Pastor Ralph and Cindy. Welcome to you guys. And everyone that's joining us online, wherever you are around the world, welcome to you. And everyone that's online, we have a special, special uh, thing coming for you next week. We are launching a full online Facebook campus. And what we're doing is we're shifting all of our online stuff. So you're watching on YouTube. Next week, you're going to want to watch on Facebook. And we got, the reason why we're going to Facebook is because online, this is the, what's amazing about online is it's great to watch a service. I had to do that the last couple of weeks. And it's one thing to watch it, but what's more important to, for the church, and we're going to see that a little bit today, is that we have relationship and we have connection. The reason why we're launching this online campus, we're dedicating staff to this campus. We're, we're, dedicate, we're going to Facebook because we can get connection and relationship uh, and connect with you and you connect with us and you connect with each other. And so we're going to Facebook and we're shifting that over so that we can have connection with everyone and grow church and, and build a re- re- community. Isn't that awesome? So three people in this room are excited. Isn't that going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. All right. Let's conclude our series, uh, fill in the blank. And we began this series by taking out Facebook ads. And yes, we took out a Facebook ad for this one as well. And we took out Facebook ads for the first one, Christianity is, and we had some interesting uh, feedback on that one. We took another Facebook ad, Jesus is, and it's interesting that we saw a, a huge contrast from what people thought of Christians and what they think of Jesus. And yet, thousands of years later, people had a hard, we had a hard time finding people to disrespect Jesus. They still there's still something about him that, that they're, they like. And that's what makes me, I don't know, look at Jesus and, and, and be envious in one way and going, I need to be more like him. Because people who were nothing like Jesus and were in other camps than what Jesus should have been in really liked being with Jesus. And he liked being with them. In fact, that's what he was accused of by the religious and the Pharisees. They, he'd jump camps and they would go, why are you hanging out there? He would go and talk to a Samaritan woman. Why are you talking to her? He, he would talk to, he would talk, he had crossed over, talk about the other side of the lake, and it would be talking to those who were supposedly supposed to be cursed by God, and yet he went out and reached out to them and healed them and, and did all that. And people, why are you doing that? And I think that's amazing. We need to be more Christ-like, don't you think? More like... Jesus less in our own camps. Well, this week, uh, I'm not going to delay us any further. We took out another Facebook ad <laughs> called The Church. The Church is, and we asked people to f- fill in the blank with adjectives that they would use to describe the church. And yeah, anybody anticipate what's coming? Yeah. They all love us, right? 
The churches, here we go. These are real, again, this is not made up. This, these are real responses we got from Facebook. This is what it says. The church is probably not the best place to find God. Ouch. The church is uh, a group of delusional, blinded people looking for a way to act badly, then wash their sins away. <laughs> Ouch. The church is pathetic. The church is an institution which served once to answer the unanswerable, resulting over time to become a tyranny of answers to punish all those questioning its legitimacy. Wow. There is nothing holy about inquisitions or crusades or any of the rest of the murderous deeds committed under God's name. And this, the crusades, that comes up often in conversations I have with, with people still. And, and it's true, like I, I can't really disagree that in, under the name of God, and we're going to explain a little bit why today this is, this is actually true, that under the name of God, people do abusive and crazy things. The church is a place to extort your paycheck. Um, that must be American. Just saying. Means, by means of brainwashing. They think we're just... Anyway, the church is a complete cult. The church is deluded. The church is corrupted. The church is a place for brainwashed people to pray to an invisible God. The Catholic church is a place for priests to sexually assault children and get away with it. That comes up often too. Just to let you all know, if you're watching this and, and aren't part of the church, I just want you to know I don't disagree with any of this. Because the truth is, this disgusts me too. All this stuff and, and, and things that, that we've done as, as under the guise of God's name and under the church, that's, we don't all agree with that and don't all believe all that. And, and we're gonna see that in, in this message a little bit. The church is, it says this, Jesus would disapprove of what has become of Christianity. Yeah. The church is an exclusive club for bullies masquerading as righteous. Ouch. This one's interesting. The church is not just four walls and two sets of doors. It's not just rows of pews with a, a pallet either. It's outdoors, question mark. Uh, on hills or a mountain full of sheep or animals or a ring full of children. Sure. I, 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 don't, I don't, honestly don't know what that means, but. <laughs> sure. The church is corrupt. The church is a scam. The church is the body of Christ. That's the only one and only really positive one that we, that we saw. The church is predatory. The church is full of evil. I mean, again, when we, we talk about the church and we ask people on, on Facebook, there's not a whole lot of what people say that is positive about the church. And yet, this is what the Bible says about the church. And this is the introduction of the church. Jesus said this in Matthew 
16, verse 18, he says, And I tell you, he's talking to Peter, his disciple, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, and he's, he's saying on, on you as a, as a human being, as a, as a follower, as a disciple, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And this is what Jesus said, on people, on my followers, I, I will build my church. So first of all, the church belongs to Jesus. He's building it. He designed it. He leads it. So let me ask this question. If he's our leader, if he's building and he's designing it, why, are, why, why is it so far in people's minds? Why are we so far away from the original design that Jesus had in mind of what the church is? And, and let, me, let me mess with you a little bit. First of all, and this is where we've, we started to drift and we're going to get into this. First of all, we have drifted so far from Jesus' original design that listen to me carefully and you can look this up and, and I challenge you to research this out yourself. But first of all, um, this word, the church, this word right here is not the proper translation. Church is not the original, that's not the proper translation. It didn't say, Jesus, I will build my, it, he didn't say church. He said something else, and I'll get to the history of where this came in and why. And in understanding this, we can maybe see how far we've drifted and where we need to go. But Jesus didn't say, I will build my church. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. Okay, which is ecclesia, this is the, the word, it, the proper translation is ecclesia, which simply means I will build my called out ones. And some scholars say that one of the best definitions of the word ecclesia is actually, it's, it's a movement. That it, it continues, that it's something, it's, I will build my movement. In other words, the church is created to be a movement, not a static location, and certainly not an organization. And it's not meant to be a religion, which is an organization that, that you know, structured around do's and don'ts and all this. That's not what Jesus said he would build. He says, I'm not going to build a new religion with a whole new set of laws. In fact, when Jesus talked about the laws, you know what Jesus said about the laws? He says, he says I have come to fulfill all of those laws. And a new command, we learned of this a couple weeks ago, a new command I give you. And what was that command? That command wasn't love God, obey all the rules, you know, the, obey the Ten Commandments. That rule was a new command I give you. In other words, a replacement command I give you, and that is to love one another. So what Jesus is saying is I will build my movement of called out ones who are going to love one another. And Jesus said this, the world will know you by your you remember this? Love. So let me ask a question. When we, just, we just start going down this, little, this road just a little bit. We're only a couple minutes in, but let me, let me answer this, ask you this question. If we actually were part of this movement of loving one another, and we were known for our love, when we take out, and we're doing that properly, when we take out uh, fill in the blank in, on Facebook and we say the church is, if we were doing all of that, do you think we would be considered a cult? 
You think we'd be considered despicable, predatory, all the other words that went in there? No. We've drifted. Way off course. And, and this is not, I'm not blaming you. I'm blaming me as much as anybody. I, I just, I think that we need to start asking deeper questions and evaluating deeper questions and doing some history. And I'm going to do my best to fill in on some of this history where we went off. And so that we can get back on track to what Jesus is building. Because I, I don't know about you. I love my Jesus. And I want to get closer to him. And I want to, I want to be more Christ-like. I want to be more like him. I admire him. And I challenge you, don't discard relationship with God because of the church. Because we're not representing him properly. Forgive us all. But all of us have, this is not a new thing. This, is, this has been a long, long drift. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to where what we've been raised in is all we know. And there's some unlearning, some questions that we need to press into. And I, I feel like in this season of COVID and all the rest of it, it's time to do a reset. That's why I'm preaching this series. That's why I'm, I'm asking some hard questions and I, I want to ask some harder questions today and dig in. And if, if it makes you uncomfortable, I, I'm uncomfortable as well. And if I, if I don't have clarity of, of all the things that we need to change and need to do, I just know that there's some things that we need to address and change to be more Christ-like. Would you agree? Now, interesting, the word movement. Ecclesia means Movement. I read an article a number of years ago, probably four or five years ago, uh, from the Harvard Business Review. And this article was, uh, it said, you know, it's the difference between a movement and an organization. And an organization, listen, I'm not saying is, you know, the opposite of a movement isn't disorganization. It's organizational, is, is a structure, like a, of an organization or a business structure. And in this description of difference between a movement and organization, I couldn't help but start to see a stark contrast in the difference between ecclesia and, and what we see in our Bible as church, which is actually, actually more translated actually as, a, as an organization or a place, all the rest of it. And I was like, this, this is a big difference. So I, I want to show you just some of these differences, difference between a movement and organization. First one is a movement is driven by a strong why, where an organization is driven by a what. So let me just clarify this. In a movement, the mission defines the ultimate goal, the mission does, and the group that the group intends to achieve. When a movement achieves success, mission accomplished. In organizations, however, the mission defines what we do. And success in organization means that everyone gets to stick around. So let me just, let's just take this home for a moment. I, I love you all. But let, let's think about this. When we talk about our church or we talk about my victory or when we started attending my victory, my guess is when you started attending here, the person who invited you here probably talked more about what we do than why we do it. 
That's how we see church. That's how we pick the church. We like what we do better than the other church. We like, and we, we say, well, th that church believes this, and I believe that, and we categorize and separate. That's why there's so many different denominations, because we separate in, into our what's, and we describe, and we're comfortable with our what's, and somehow we've drifted from our, our why's. Well, what's the why? It's still, the mission is still the great commission, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. That's the mission. Now, difference between a movement and organization, movement is driven by a cause, whereas an organization is driven to sustain itself. Now, if that's not a definition of a contrast between the church, when somebody says, you know, the, the church is, you know, sexual predators and covering it up, the reason why it's covered up is because we've become too organizational and we're driven, not instead of a love for others, we're driven to protect and sustain the church as it is, more than the cause. Yikes. In movements, accountability is to a cause greater than any one individual. When it comes to making tough decisions, the cause is the top priority. In organizations, accountability is first to the organization. When leaders face tough decisions, their top priority is organizational sustainability. The difference between a movement and organization is movements create action, whereas organizations create order. Actually, the word movement simply means to create action, to go from one place to another. Sustaining a movement is about sustaining action, whereas the word organization, according to the dictionary, is the act or the process of putting the different parts of something in certain order so that they can be found or used easily. Sustaining an organization is all about sustaining order. Certain rules, certain laws. This is where Jesus kind of blew everybody else out of the water. The Pharisees were all about sustaining order, protecting the Jewish way, the you know, righteous and behaving according to the laws. And Jesus was, all he did was heal the sick and he created action and he ministered to people where they were at and brought forgiveness and, and hope. And they couldn't figure it out because he kept on breaking the order to the point where they killed him for it. Movement is self-determined leadership, where organization is formal appointed leadership. In a movement, leadership emerges from within. Anyone can join simply by committing to one action, uh, to take action on behalf of the cause. Once inside, becoming a leader is self-determined by each individual taking action and contributing. When I read this in the article, honestly, I thought of Paul immediately. Here's a guy who was following a certain order, a cer a definitely an outsider. I mean, so much an outsider, he's killing Christians. And suddenly he becomes a believer and he became the leader, one of the greatest leaders of the church, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, not because they appointed him as leader, but because simply he took self-determined action. He didn't follow the right hierarchies and the right sustainability. Organizations, on the other hand, often look outside for, for leaders. People can join an organization only in formal roles, board member, staff, volunteer, intern, and individuals themselves do not control whether they rise through the ranks. Those with formal decision-making authority make that call. Ouch. 
movement, listen, is loyalty to, is about loyalty to the movement, whereas an organization is loyalty to the leadership. Ultimately, in a movement, the movement is the leader. People working on behalf of a movement are loyal to other individuals within the movement and to the cause larger than these individuals. An organization, leadership cultivates loyalty to the organization. How about this movement? Resources are tools. Organizations focus on gaining resources. Movements define resources as actual resources needed, which are to, to for further the cause. When organizations, resources are gathered to gain resources. Movements are based on relationship. Organizations are based on systems. Movements tend to adopt structures and systems that mirror how societies progress toward people living well together. And organizations tend to adopt systems that mirror how businesses and nations maintain sovereignty over others. So let me ask you this question. Difference between a movement and organization. And I know it seems like a little leadership lesson, but I wanted you to see something. When you see the contrast in this, this article, this, this just out of the article, are we more organizational or more movement? And you see this, is the problem because here's, here's the thing that I began to recognize. The thing I began to recognize is that when I do a history study, the early church, the church in the book of Acts and through the first, second, third century, the early church, was movement. They were a movement, and then suddenly something changed. And this is what I, I read recently in a book um, called Resilient Faith by Dr. Gerald Sitzer, which, by the way, I interviewed Dr. Sitzer just recently uh, for the podcast, GoCast, and that is airing tomorrow, uh, Monday, and you're going to want to uh, watch that. And I guarantee you, there's fascinating as he goes through church history. But this is what he said in the book Resilient Faith. He said, the church started as a movement with a clear mission. He didn't read the same review that I said, but I was like, okay, look at this. It started as a movement with a clear mission. It was led by multiple cause-focused individuals who created action. Ultimately, the movement was the leader and kept moving despite its visible leaders being killed off. The Romans actually persecuted you. You want to become a bishop? You want to become a pastor? You want, they would take, they would, that basically was a death sentence because they would kill the leaders first because they thought that the church, they thought the church was an organization just like the nation of Rome was and, and how they did it. And so they thought, well, strike, strike the leader, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But they, they misinterpreted what the church was, that it was a movement. And so they would kill leader after leader after leader. And instead of that, you know, deteriorating the church and squashing the church from moving, it actually accelerated its growth. He goes on, he says this, it had no buildings or tangible resources. This is the early church, first, second, third century. Yet it had no need among them. It had no seeming organizational structure and still advanced at exponential rates. And then in 313 AD, Emperor Constantine legalized Christianity and made it the state religion and so birthed Christendom. And suddenly the church became an organization that defined rituals and best practices because it was state run. Can we go to that? Because it's state run. It established a leadership hierarchy whose mission was to represent and protect the church rather than the mission. 
This resulted in the church becoming aggressive and domineering rather than submissive and serving. It generated wealth for itself instead of for the betterment of those in need. How many think we need some change? Come on. Now listen, three, uh, th that's 1,700 plus years ago. So the fact that we are still an organization, the fact that we're structured the way we are, is, I mean, it's no fault of any of us. We were raised in this, and we were part of this. But I feel that we need, something needs to shift, something needs to change. And I don't know what all that looks like, but I, I just think that we need to become more movement, less organizational. I didn't say less organized. I'm not saying we're gonna, let's become disorganized, yeah. No, no, less organizational. Less business-like, more movement. Now watch, this is, this, I remember I started by saying the word church, was it wrong translation? You know how that word got in there? The word church literally is a German word uh, and, the, and the German word is, is Kirsch. And, and Kirsch, and, and it got translated into, into church. Oh, we're skipping through. Let's go to, but it, here's, here's what's fascinating about this. In October 6th, 1536 AD, is a fascinating date. It's a date that, where William Tyndale, a British citizen, was executed by the church for the charge of heresy. What was he guilty of? He was guilty of translating or trying to translate the Bible into English. At that point, the Bible had only been translated into Latin. And the only ones that could read the Bible were those trained, the priests trained in reading Latin. He was saying, no, the Bible is not meant just for the priest. The Bible is meant for everyone. The Bible is meant for the common man. So he tried to translate the Bible into English. And for this, it got the church all riled up. But I want to read something for you that I think is fascinating. This is right out of the Wikipedia, because this is what else he was charged with and why he was killed. It says this, the hierarchy of the Catholic church did not approve of some of the words and phrases introduced by Tyndale, such as overseer, which it would have been understood as bishop, elder, for priest and, and love rather than charity. Then he says this, Tyndale, citing uh, Erasmus, contended that the Greek New Testament did not support the traditional readings, more controversial, more controversial, more controversial than just translating into English. Tyndale translated the Greek ecclesia, literally called out ones, movement, as congregation rather than curse or church. Then it says this, it has been asserted that this translation choice was a direct threat to the church's ancient, but so Tyndale here made clear non-scriptural claim to be the body of Christ on earth. To change these words 
according to them, was to strip the church's hierarchy of its pretensions to be Christ's terrestrial representative and to award this honor to individual worshipers who made up each congregation. In other words, Tyndale was killed because he tried to accurately translate the word that Jesus says, I will build my ecclesia. And he tried to translate it properly to ecclesia and he was killed and they kept church so that they could keep control. Does that mess with you? Because that messes with me. I was like, and what messes with me most is when we ask people to fill in the blank the church is, what they're saying about Kirsch church is absolutely correct. But Jesus never meant to build that. He meant to build called out ones, a congregation, a movement, not an organization that exists to fight and sustain itself. I've been meditating on this for weeks now because it's, it's messed with me and messing with me greatly. Here's, here's the difference. I think, I'm trying to think of a modern example between organization and church, or organization and, and movement. And you know, what I came back to is, you know whose founder or leader, a great movement was Martin Luther King. He led a movement to the point where he was killed. The movement didn't stop. It kept going because it was about a movement. He wasn't leader because he was appointed. He was leader because he was the one acting out the most and speaking out the most. And he was action oriented. And to join his movement, you didn't have to go through a hierarchy of organizational charts and all the rest of it to get in there. You just simply had to act. And I was like, huh. I was like, what if? What if we as Christians, we have a cause so good. His name is Jesus. He's the hope. He's what the world needs. The world doesn't need an organization on top, Christendom on top. Christendom on top has got some good things, but Christendom on top still creates messes. What the world needs is Jesus. Amen? Today's takeaway is simply this. The movement I'm a part of is more important than the part I play. The movement I'm a part of. See, listen. Saying, well, how do I, you know, we, we ask these questions. Well, how do I, how do I get into leadership? And how do I get into, how do I get into ministry? How do I, how, you know, some of you have asked me that question. I was like, you know how you get into ministry? Do ministry. <laughs> right? Do ministry. You know how I became a pastor? 
I just accidentally did more in the church than a lot of others. And they're like, well, we got to keep him around. <laughs> and I was like, then they're like, so you're now the pastor. I was 23. You're now the pastor. And I was like, And honestly, you know what I've done for 24 years? It's Kelly's confession now. You know what I've done for 24 years? I've led an organization. Because that's what I was trained to do. That's all I knew how to do. And I did pretty good at it. Got promoted. All the, all the rest and all the things going on. But inside of me, there's this great discontent. That the church we see on planet Earth is not God's best. And I don't know about you. I don't know where you're at. If you want to be a part of the organization church, you're probably going to have to, I don't know. We're going to have to think this one through. What to keep, what not to keep. But I just, I, I want to dare to be, do something different. I don't, I, reading through history and seeing this, I've been studying the early church and fascinated because what they did. They weren't perfect. No stretch of the imagination. Everyone wasn't on board. But it was a movement to where... Roman emperors, we read this in the first week, Roman emperors said, we know them by their love. What if? What if we were known by that? We can't control the organization of the church worldwide, but we can control ourselves and how we behave as believers. So what if we did? What if we became more movement Instead of organization. What if we became more action oriented? Participants instead of club members. Attendees. Congregants. What if? Let's pray. God. Help. Forgive us where we've gone off and haven't listened to you as much as we've listened to our traditions or our ways. And we've, I, I apologize, God, I feel like I've missed you in many ways. But we're here now asking for your help in Jesus' name. But I pray that you would show us the way that we'd hear your voice, not the voice of another, and that we'd confidently step forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're here today and you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus, maybe one of the reasons why you've held back is because you, you've been disgusted by the church, by Christians. 
I just want you to know you're not wrong. We're wrong. We've been doing it wrong for too long. But I want you to know that Jesus, despite how we represent him, Jesus is so good. So good. So merciful, so kind. He's our hope. He's our help. He's our Savior. I want to invite you to begin a relationship with Jesus. And you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. That'd be organizational. You don't have to join our church. All you have to do is pray a prayer, and I'm going to lead you in it, that simply confesses that Jesus is God. And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, right here, right now, you can begin a relationship with him. So let's pray this together. Everyone repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I confess that you are God. And I believe that you rose again from the dead. And I ask you right now to become my God, my Lord and Savior, my friend. Please forgive me of all my wrongs. And thank you for accepting me just as I am. I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I ask everyone to close their eyes and bow your heads. If you prayed this prayer for the first time, would you, would you boldly raise up your hand, give me a wave, and at the end of the service, I'd love to give you a Bible that explains what this relationship's all about. Look around one more time, make sure I didn't miss anyone. Awesome. Isn't God good? Come on. Thank you for joining us today on our My Victory podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out at myvictory.ca. If you'd like to watch our live stream, go to victorylethbridge.tv. 